Greetings, Earthlings. I come in peace. And you're listening to... Dream Infringement. Dream Infringement is a super fantastic squad of three friends who like to tell stories and play music for your listening pleasure. This week, you are joined with none other than yours truly, Bobby the Blob Castillo. I've been trying to get that to catch on for, I would say, probably about three years, maybe longer. I'm just, I'm not sure if it'll ever become a thing, but that's okay. A DJ can dream, can't he? You are currently listening to the musical stylings of Oscar Peterson. The song is called Stormy Weather. I can listen to him tickle those ivories all day long. All day long. But what I thought we would do for this hour that you are joining me is listen to songs that I enjoy, that I think you would enjoy as well, and talk about talk about things that are my favorite. You're probably familiar with a famous person by the name of Oprah, are you not? I'm not sure if anyone who lives on this beautiful planet has who has lived longer than two decades at the, you know, on average, who doesn't know about Oprah. And I grew up listening and watching her show along with my mom. I'd come home after school and I would park myself on the living room carpet and eat after school food like, you know, chips with melted cheese that you'd make in the microwave or, you know, a frozen burrito that you'd also make in the microwave. Pretty much any anything that's makeable microwave style is after school food. So before my homework, but after school, I would sit down with my mom and we would watch Oprah. And one of the coolest things that she would do was she'd have a day or an episode where she would talk about her favorite things. Did I do it right? I don't know. Usually I have Jennifer and Emily here to confirm if I've done well, an impression well or not well. So uh, if I did well, hopefully you weren't tricked and thought that I was having Oprah as a guest. But she, she would say, she would say, these are my favorite things. And she would just like give people her favorite things, whether it was like a foot massager or a trip to Jamaica or a flat screen TV or a uh, Kia Sorento. I think that's how you say it. She would give them, they, they, it would all, somehow she fit all those things underneath the audience member's seats. And she'd say, look under your seat. Um, there it is. And everyone would go crazy and some people would have heart attacks and they'd have to be wheeled out on gurneys. Such was Oprah's show. 
this is what we came to expect. And so for the episode where you get just me, uh, you're just going to hear some of my favorite things, some of my favorite music and some of my favorite things just in life. And I'm sorry, you, I will not be uh, you know, gracing your uh, proverbial audience member seat you know, underneath that space underneath your audience member seat. I will not be gracing it with my favorite things. Um, some of them are abstract, so really anyone could possess them. And that is something that uh, you will have the pleasure of getting to know about. So before I do this, before I talk about my favorite things, I'm going to play some of my favorite music. And so the first few songs that you are going to get to enjoy, um, I have hand chosen for your listening pleasure. So we're going to start things off with the Doobie Brothers, What a Fool Believes. Enjoy. heard satellite by the dave matthews band i love that song i know that there's probably some deeper cuts but man i love a good hit before that was every songbird says by sam beam and jessica hoop that's from their collaborative album love letter for fire and at the top of the list was the doobie brothers with what a fool believes I love a good soft rock song. So I promised that I would tell you a little bit of my favorite things and I promised that I would deliver and deliver I will. So one of my favorite things is actually born from the result of something that I cannot control, something that I cannot help. What is that? It is aging, my friends. And you're probably thinking, this guy, he doesn't sound that old. There's no way he's breaking 40. And you would be correct. You would be correct in assuming that. I am, in fact, the ripe age of 33. I think I'm 33. After 30, I just, I, it wasn't important to me to remember ages. I had kids. I had two kids by the time I hit, you know, 30. And, um, uh, knowing their ages and also various details about them, 
that are essential for keeping them alive and keeping their their lives moving forward, like social security numbers and birthdays and um, whether they are lactose intolerant or gluten intolerant. These are things that I have to know. So of course I've had to make room in my brain by pushing other things out like my age. So I think I am 33 years old. And at the age of 33, I find myself with very uncomfortable back pain every now and then. Yes, that's correct. You heard me. Back pain. And I know there's other millennials out there that are like, bro, you are preaching to the choir. In solidarity, we all experience back pain, even millennials. It's been a hard life. We have seen a lot of things in our short 30 to 40 years, uh, but, or late 20s to late 30s. I'm unsure what the age span or age bracket of millennials are, but I know I fall right there. I mean, I was alive for when, when Weird Al came out with his song Amish Paradise. I was alive when Ninja Turtles uh, the motion picture was first released the very first time that those Ninja Turtles graced the silver screen. Look it up. It's a great movie. It's a classic. I was alive for that. I was alive when Lamb Chop's Play Along was a PBS show where we all learned how to express our feelings through three fantastic puppets controlled by an amazing puppeteer by the name of Sherry. These puppets, say it along with me, millennials, Hush Puppy, Charlie Horse, Charlie Horse, and, of course, Lamb Chop. So, that I proved it. I'm a millennial. And in addition to all of that other evidence I provided, I also have a very important piece of evidence, and that is back pain. And so one of my favorite things that I have discovered are free YouTube back pain yoga uh, videos. And I have found this wonderful uh, yoga instructor that my wife and I um, periodically will watch and you know, follow along. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, do what I do, and then you do it. And um, her name is Adrian, Yoga with Adrian on YouTube. I literally typed into Google one very dark afternoon, dark by meaning that my back was hurting very bad, and it was making all of my joints feel like they were tingly, but not in a very good way. Um, I typed in yoga for chronic back pain. I keep this window up because I can't rely on my brain remembering yoga with Adrian. Again, there's just not enough. I There's more important things, okay? Um, and I keep that window up. So what where my brain falls short, where my brain falls short, my internet browser picks up the slack. And... Um, Yoga for back pain is a vid the title of a video uh, where Adrian, 
who is always in this very like uncluttered, simple room. And she has this dog that every once in a while will just like, he will do something cute. He generally is just like sleeping next to her while she does these like really slow, um, fantastic yoga poses that when I do make me feel like I am 25 again. Um, that is how effective they are. Uh, but that dog will every once in a while do something cute, like stand up and walk about five feet to the left and then lay down again. And he, I mean, it's, he's just a cutie. He's a cute dog. And um, all of it, all of it screams, I'm a millennial and I enjoy this. She just, I don't know, she's catering to the millennials. They're like 15 minute yoga videos. That's all I need. I'm not going to go and watch Adrian like instruct me to do yoga for 45 minutes. I'm not a 45 minute yoga guy. I am a 10 to 15 minutes yoga guy. So um, I've enjoyed it. It's helped me a great deal. Uh, it has helped me to find some relief from my back pain. So if you are not just a millennial, maybe you're, you know, Gen Z, maybe you're Gen X. Maybe you're a, a, you know, a boomer. We, we all have, we all deal with, you know, a very ugly friend by the name of back pain. And sometimes they visit and they don't want to leave even after you ask them to and throw medication at them. They just don't want to go. And um, I just really think that yoga with Adrian helps. So, um, yeah, so that, that's just one of my favorite things. Um, I'm going to hit you with some more music. That music is going to be in the form of a an oldie but goodie. Here is Hootie and the Blowfish with I Go Blind. So you just heard Los Espliffs with their song Otro País. They hail from my home city, Tucson, Arizona. They're a very fantastic group and I enjoy their music and it makes me want Mexican food every time I listen to it. It's okay to want Mexican food after you listen to a Mexican song. That's okay. Uh, another song that you heard just before Los Espliffs was Frankie Cosmos with Wanna Go. Before that was none other than Hootie and his Blowfish. That was I Go Blind. I love the 90s. You'll hear this pretty much any time that I host by myself, even when I'm hosting with other people. 
I just love the 90s. And it was because my mind was molded in the 90s. There's so much about the 90s that is connected to that very uh, wonderful yet double-edged sword kind of feeling that we all get, which is called nostalgia. Some believe it's toxic. Uh, some kind of take it like medicine. I think a little bit of nostalgia is okay. Just take as needed. Um, it connects me to where I'm from, and I think it tells me a little bit about where I want to go. And part of where I have wanted to go as a dad with two kids is I want to raise them in a way where they are enjoying some of the elements of the 90s that I enjoyed. And one of those elements that was so, made such a huge impression on me was the American sitcom. This is the style of show that existed and was prevalent in the 90s. A lot of really wonderful shows, a lot of not very wonderful shows were sitcoms. It had nothing to do with the sitcom formula, though. I will tell you this um, if it wasn't a good show. But, um, but I, enjoyed, I enjoyed a good sitcom. I watched all of them. Step by Step, Family Matters, Full House, Golden Girls, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Blossom. These were all shows that contributed to the, the man that I am today, the man that you have before you speaking through the speakers in your radio and or TV set or car stereo. That's what made me who I am. It's not all that made me who I am, but, but it, was, it played a big role. And the formula of the American sitcom is just fantastic. I say American sitcom, you're probably like, American sitcom, what are you saying? What are you talking about, Bobby? Well, you know, obviously, like, the sitcom, it originated with, like, American television. But um, I don't know why I need to, like, classify it as an American sitcom. But I do that because there are a lot of other countries that have tackled like some of the sitcoms that existed, um, you know, and were made popular in the 90s, like they, they also did it um, with very much the same characters and the same, you know, same names or counterpart, you know, characters, like reflecting their culture with their language. Um, case in point, Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the show, but there was this show that was in the 90s about this like this family mainly focused on this like sports writer by the name of Ray Romano he same name for the actual comedian that played him um and uh he just like had a family life that where nobody knew boundaries and the mom was always like uh getting into him and his wife's business and the children were rarely seen um, and didn't have a whole lot of character development. And anyways, this was a popular show in the 90s. Everybody loves Raymond. And Russia ended up making their own version of it. And I've seen a couple episodes and I got to tell you, it's um, 
it's good. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> it's really great. Uh, there's a definite Russian like cultural influence happening. Uh, you know, different countries do things different ways. And I don't remember what it's called. I think it's like, um, I'm not even going to give it a shot. I, you'll have, you'll have to look it up. <laughs> so, um, but it's really good. And yeah, the sitcom is a fantastic formula for a show. It's like the, you know, it's the, it's the structure of the building. It's the bones in the body. And, um, one of my favorite sitcoms was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I really enjoyed it because he wasn't just this like comedian. He didn't start as a comedian. He was a rapper. He was this like young, Will Smith was this young, uh, ambitious rapper. And somehow he made the leap from rapper and entertainer in that way to sitcom uh, comedian. And he was funny and he had to have known that about himself. I mean, people had to have known this Will Smith. He isn't just like good at dropping the rhymes and making us all feel cool in the summertime or feel like we're not alone when our parents just don't understand us. He isn't just a one trick pony. This guy, he can he can not just do rapping, but he's also hilarious. He's a great comedian. But guess what? He doesn't just do funny. He also does dramatic. There's an episode where his dad, who abandoned him when he was a kid, comes back into his life only to basically try to abandon him again. And Will Smith catches him as he's like trying to leave, um, you know, leave the home that he was staying in and sharing with, with Will. And it's so sad because there's this like moment where the character Will um, played by Will Smith, he he breaks down and he starts like crying to his uncle, um, asking why his dad just doesn't want him. And it was so incredibly moving. And I was probably about like 10 or 11 years old when this this episode, when I saw this episode, and I remember thinking to myself, this man will go places. Will Smith is going places. And he did. He's he's a fantastic actor. He's been in like action movies. He's been in comedies. He's been in dramas. Um, and when he cries, he makes the whole world want to cry. The guy, there's just, there's very few actors that can do that. Um, Robin Williams was another, another one. Um, but, but yes, the sitcom was a wonderful vessel for Will Smith to flex his abilities as an entertainer, as a person who can connect with the masses. I loved that show. It was so wonderful. So wonderful. Uh, so that is my, those are my thoughts about sitcoms. Um, I guess it was specifically The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, there are many other things that I like about sitcoms. Like I, I like the set and how it, um, how it never really changes and how it's a character of its own. Um, even when, when shows end 
and they like you know they somehow find a character uh who who's in the show to turn off the lights before they leave you know the living room where most of the scenes took place or wherever that might be and um and and it's always so sad to see the lights turn off on a set uh because it, it's it's truly like its own character so i just i i love a sitcom it's comforting um, it's, it's, it feels like it's always there. All these streaming services that have like family matters. I think Hulu has family matters. Um, I'm trying to think of other platforms that have different throwback shows. Um, I think Hulu has a lot actually. I think they have perfect strangers. You remember that show? Perfect strangers. Oh man. Bulky. He was, he was something else, but, uh, the sitcom it's, uh, it's comfort food for your eyes and ears. So, uh, maybe I have ignited, um, a, a nostalgia for that certain sitcom that you just absolutely loved. Maybe you just couldn't get enough of Blanche on Golden Girls or Balky on, uh, Perfect Strangers, or um, Suzanne Summers in um, Step by Step, or reaching even further back, Three's Company. Yep, Three's Company. That was another one. So here's some more music. Enjoy. heard Pearl Jam with Dance of the Clairvoyance. Before that was Lord with the song Team. I talked about PBS earlier. Yes, public television. Uh, public television introduced me to Monty Python. It introduced me to Sesame Street. It, it introduced me to LeVar Burton. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about. LeVar Burton is, was and is a fantastic person. His love for reading is something that moved him to develop in the minds of young, uh, young people a love for reading of their own. And he still does that. What he would do is he would bring an episode every week of a show called Reading Rainbow where he would have a different theme and within that theme he would have books that um you know that fit that theme that roughly had to do with that theme and then there was usually some kind of activity like he would go and visit like a pizzeria or um a place where they made instruments or i remember one time he went and saw like um, a makeup artist, and they made his face look like something out of a movie, like a troll out of a movie. And it was so incredible. He was just not afraid to roll up his sleeves and be silly and be goofy 
and to express his feelings on things. Um, and, and as an adult, I look for content that is all LeVar Burton centric. There is a podcast that he hosts called LeVar Burton Reads. Very easy to remember. And I listen to it on iTunes. And it's literally him reading excerpts or short stories out of books that are generally fantasy or science fiction that he enjoys. These are things that he enjoys reading and he reads them to you. And there's like sound effects and it's like a radio drama. It's so fantastic. And so if you were that kid who was sitting in front of the TV watching Butterfly in the Sky, I Can't Wait to Fly High, something like that. Um, if that hits a chord with you, then I think you would really enjoy um, LeVar Burton Reads. But you don't have to take my word for it. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't afford that sound effect. I think I might have to pay PBS for that. But that ends our show. I'm so glad that you spent this time with me and I can't wait for next week with a new theme with co-hosts. I won't be by myself. This is lonely, but I'm a little less lonely knowing that you're listening and you joined me with this special time. So I'm going to play you out with a song. Here is Alanis Morissette with Thank You. Have a good week. How about them trying to spend-